world where every belief is challenged. Where do we go? You are now listening to the Truth of the Matter podcast, where the world is seen through the lens of scriptures, with your host, Jedi Balado. So hi guys, welcome to the fourth episode of Truth of the Matter. For those who streamed the first three episodes, we really greatly appreciate you. So for this fourth episode, Nina Magpapatumpik ba. We will be talking about things that regard to the current times or quote unquote eschatology. So we are just uh, teenagers who read the word of God. We're not theologians again, disclaimer. We may not discuss the deep meanings of the Greek or the Hebrew, but what we can offer to give you is the inspiration and the truth of God's word through the preaching of our teachers that we will watch here in this video. But first, I would like to introduce to you my co-hosts. First, we have Nathan. Hi guys. Nice to see you all. Next, we have JV. Hello, hi everyone. Lastly, we have Sam. Good afternoon. And today, we will start by watching a video called God Says There Are Seven Events Coming. So let's watch it now. Now remember, Matthew 24 is Jesus showing what the world looks like as he is coming in the clouds with all of his angels with him, which he does in chapter 25 and verse 31, and all the holy angels with him, and he's descending down. And Matthew 24 is the most complete prophetic overview that Jesus gave. And so basically, when Jesus came, what we see by looking at the the drone view are a lot of things that are going on on the earth that were not going on in the first century or the second century, or the third century, or the fourth century. And though all times the church is supposed to be ready at any moment for his coming, these, these trends, we can call them, weren't evident. Now, what we see in Matthew 24 is, uh, in fact, there's two verses I want you to see. Look at verse 8 uh, of chapter 24. It says, all these... And it's a listing of the six uh, events, you know, the wars and the famines and the persecution and, and all of those things, those six things. All of these are the beginning of sorrows in verse 8. Sorrows, literally birth pangs. If you know anything about birth pangs, the one thing about birth pangs are normally they start uh, far apart and lighter and get heavier and closer and heavier and closer until it's paroxysmic. You know, it's just, it's birth pangs. And that's what the Lord says. He says, you're always going to have all these things. Verse 6, wars and rumors of wars and nation, you know, national conflicts. Actually, um, verse 7 says, ethne, ethne against ethne. Ethnic group fighting ethnic group. And it's interesting, uh, the, the unraveling of all, so many nations are kind of patchwork quilts of all these different ethnic groups. And the closer we get to the end, the more the, the quilt unravels. And kingdom against kingdom, it's almost like there's this, you know, balance in the world, but the kingdoms all come loose. And then the famines, so we always have had famines, but they get uh, just 
stronger and stronger and stronger uh, and more deadly and pestilences we'll talk about and on and on. So that's what it says, but keep going down to verse 33. So this is what Jesus says. So you also, when you see all these things, oh, now he says they're trends. He says, look for these things. And when you see them, look, look what it says. You know that it is near at the door. That's very interesting. Verse 34, assuredly, I say to you, this generation, what generation? The generation that sees all these things. Interesting. Will not or will by no means pass away till all these things take place. So basically what Jesus gives us is specific details. Now, what is the sign, the ultimate sign? Well, it, it tells, if you've ever wanted to know uh, the sign, Jesus is a sign. Look at, it says in verse 30, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. The only sign everyone sees is the sign of the Son of Man. He is the sign. But the trends, you're going to see them, Jesus said, lining up. And when you see them lining up, when what I'm describing is finally possible, the generation that sees that will by no means miss it. It's near. It's at the door. And that generation, verse 34, will by no means pass away till all these things take place. So the list of the biblical trends of Christ's return are not actually full-blown till the tribulation time. But you'll see them. You'll see them coalescing. And each of these signs are trends. And the trends are speeding up at the last seconds of the countdown clock of Christ's return. Each day, the prophetic picture that Jesus painted gets clearer. Each of these signs were captured by the apostles and prophets between 2,000 and 3,500 years ago, and now they're happening in our lifetime. In fact, you can say that every single one of these is in some form on the horizon. Well, I want to just give you a handful of the precise, clear, specific trends that Christ gave and, and just remind you of what they are. And uh, the first one is, uh, Jesus said in, in Matthew uh, 24, that, that when you see these things, when, when you start seeing them, then you'll know it's near and that generation will see it. So what signs do we see? Number one, Daniel tells us that the end is marked. And, and go to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel says some very sobering words. Uh, Jesus cites him in Matthew 24. That's why we're using him. He says, as, as Daniel the prophet said, and so what did Daniel the prophet say? Verse 1, at that time, Michael, this is the last chapter of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 1, at that time, uh, and what time is it? It's when the Antichrist is coming into the glorious land. That's chapter 11, verse 41 of Daniel. The glorious land is God's way of talking about the Holy Land, about Israel, the, the land, the apple of his eye, he calls the people of that land. But at that time, when, you know, Israel is, is in the crosshairs of the Antichrist, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. Daniel was a Jew. Michael stands watch over the people. And Michael is still standing watch over him at the end. See, this. look what it says here. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was, 
since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people will be delivered, everyone who's found written in the book. This is an end times event. And there's still a nation of Israel. And there's still a Michael standing guard over them at the, the direct command of God. And so for those that think Israel is finished, God isn't aware of it, nor is his word. Only their traditions are, because they can't figure it out, because many people are, are still marked by the anti-Semitism of the Reformers, and they were. Martin Luther was terribly anti-Semitic, sadly, but all of us have problems. And if God should mark iniquity, none of us would stand, and their problems were far fewer than ours. But it is a sad one that's perpetuated through the denominations. But keep reading to what Daniel says in... Um, Verse 4, he goes through the resurrection and, and the, the uh, verse 3, the rewards. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness and those who turn many to righteousness. But now look at the trend, verse 4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Okay, now what is it? How do we know it's the time of the end? Two things. Many shall run to and fro. This is global travel. Look at this. Did you know that 3.8 billion people will fly on an airplane this year? Did you know a billion of them will be in America? Doesn't mean there are only 300 and some million Americans. Some of us fly way more than others. But there are 3.8 billion human beings that are running to and fro. Do you understand? This is unbelievable. The, the same... The same way of travel that was in the Bible times persisted all... Did you know we had no advances in travel from biblical times all the way through the time of Ben Franklin in the American Revolution? Did you know when he solicited the help of France, he went on a sailboat across the ocean? A sailboat. That's how Jesus went around the Sea of Galilee. That's how the Phoenicians took Jonah. Stuff hasn't changed since Bible times. But immediately after that, after the turn of the, of the 1800s, we had the invention of the steam engine and the steamboat and the steam locomotive. And that went right from that into the internal combustion. And then we had all of that, the automotive. And then the Wright brothers took that, that internal combustion. They made the airplane. And then Goddard made the, you know, and we all know all that, and the rocket. And now we're just traveling but it isn't just that. Look at the next, uh, the other half. It's, it's actually uh, 4B. It says the, the global explosion of knowledge. Knowledge would increase, it says. It says, and knowledge shall increase. Uh, what's interesting is it's just happening around us. We're not thinking anything about it. We have gone from kilobytes to megabytes to gigabytes to terabytes to petabytes to exabytes. You probably don't even know about those. And zettabytes, and soon we'll be at yottabytes. And they just have to have new names for all these things. And what they're talking about is, is what they're doing. Did you know that in the last year they calculated this, and they're always behind because knowledge is exploding. But basically, four years ago, the world produced four zettabytes. I had to look that up and count. That's 21 zeros is a zettabyte, okay? Wow. Four zettabytes of information in 2013. That's a one with 21 zeros. Or, now to put it in terms young people can understand, 304 million years, not hours, of 4K 
high-def video. 304 million years. That's 24 hours a day, 365, you know? That's, I mean, it would be like having an HD movie of the world, you know, and high def for 304 million years of it. Or the equivalent, UCLA said, of every human on earth getting the information of 348 newspapers every day dumped onto them. So, I mean, you know, to get a, a stack higher than me by a couple times of newspapers dropped on you every day is how much information we're producing. And our world is zettabiting. This month, we saw the introduction of a whole new generation of computer chips. Each generation is basically doubling, you know, that's, that's the, the old rule. But the new chip is the AMD Ryzen. It's 14 nanometer architecture. Just in common talk, that means the chip, it's the size of a quarter. That means it's an inch by an inch. In that inch, there are one billion lines of information this way and one billion lines of information that way. That's an octillion on a quarter. And what's amazing is that Daniel said in Daniel 12:4 that knowledge shall increase. And since 2008, it's doubling. And it's doubling. And it's doubling. It's amazing. Specifically, it was referring to an understanding of Bible prophecy, but it's an increase in scientific knowledge that's implied. And, and what's amazing is that, that we are living in the time where we don't even think about it. You know, let's go to exabytes and yodavites. You know, it doesn't matter. What else is going on? Well, it says in Luke 21, you should turn there because it's fascinating to think about, especially if you watch the cable news. It, it says what's going to happen is while people are watching the news, and it's in chapter 21 and verse 25, something is going to start happening. There will be signs in the sun. Aren't we seeing that? I mean, I don't know if you pay attention, but I was standing in, in a gas station. All of a sudden, the ATM machine in the gas station started going, started putting out receipts. Not money, receipts. It was not trained well. It should have been given out 20s. But it was just given out receipts. And the clerk and all of us went, huh. Found out later that a solar plasma jet had come across and had done something to one of the satellites that feeds the dish on the roof of the gas station, and it confused the ATM machine. It wasn't anything big, but it was interesting that something from the sun affected us in the gas station. Look what it says in verse 25. It says, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars... And on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. What's causing this distress and perplexity? The sea and the waves roaring. Men's heart failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which were coming on the earth for the powers of the heaven, heavens will be shaken. So it's solar and atmospheric and even oceanic wildness that's going to affect people. They're going to be watching the television of either the, the latest solar flare or the latest tsunami or earthquake or whatever, and it's all of a sudden it's not a movie, you know, where 
The Rock, whatever his name is, you know, comes in with a helicopter and saves his wife, and Los Angeles crumbles. All of a sudden, it's really happening. And it says that people, I, I love the word. It's a Greek word that's so descriptive. It says, verse 26, men's hearts, and you know what the next word is? Opsuko, suke, as in psyche. It, it, it speaks of the non-material part of us, and apo means from. And what it means is their spirits leave them. They, they die of fright. They just collapse in, and have a massive heart attack or stroke on the spot and die from fear. It's going to be amazing to be alive when there are global weather times going wild. And it says in Matthew 24, 8, that's just the beginning and the, the Greek word sorrows, the beginning of sorrows in Matthew, literally means birth pangs. And it's all the creation is under the curse of sin, so all of it is starting to have contractions. And Romans 8.21 says that because the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. And so what's happening is the whole universe is starting to feel this transition that it's going through. It's groaning because of sin. And God says, I'm going to deliver you. And there's just all these convulsions going on. The Bible predicts that the entire world will see certain events unfold. The invention of the television and the deployment of global satellite networks during the 20th century allow news to travel the world at the speed of light for the first time. Remember, in the Apostle John's day, news traveled at the speed of horse. There was a period of time when the army was still fighting and their emperor had died and a new emperor was in and the war was over, but for months they, they kept fighting. Because the horse had to ride, and then the boat, and then the courier, and it got waylaid, and it never made it, and they kept fighting. And now, now people on Twitter know things before the news networks know them. Because the world is connected. It's never been before the 20th century. And what did Jesus say in Matthew 24, 14? He said that, This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations in the end. The end will come. This gospel must first be preached to all the nation. Today, portions of the entire Bible have been translated into 2,300 language and dialects covering 90% of all the world's population. Never before. The sign of global evangelism. And then pestilence. I mean, we could go on and on about this. We've, we've heard and thought about it. Despite an increase in scientific knowledge, deadly disease, which the Bible calls pestilence, will be prevalent. Verse 7 of Matthew 24 says... Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And what we have is famines and pestilences. And then he said there's going to be this global tracking and positioning with digital money. We don't even think anything of it. Look, these are our friends. Look, this is our friend. Everyone has one in their pocket, or most everyone. Did you know these only work if they can instantly go to your account from the gas station and see whether or not you're legit and, and any suspicious holds are on you? Then it comes all the way back to the gas station and approves it, and then you put it in the gas, and then it goes all the way back to that bunker under Omaha where all this is kept, the clearinghouse, and they knew exactly the geographic spot you used that card. And then how about, you know, Venmo and PayPal and Square Cash, and I could fill the board with them. I mean, these are really neat. It's going to be possible, what it says in Revelation, through digital money, global tracking and positioning, through Apple Pay and ePay and PayPal and Venmo and on and on, instant access to our money is making one person able to control the world. 
You see, we can control people financially. And then, I mean, these are the old ones, the sign of weapons of mass destruction. I mean, look at this. This is a headline I clipped. The doomsday clock's most dire warning since the Cold War. This is the closest to midnight the doomsday clock has ever been in the lifetime of almost everyone on this, in this room, and that was stated January 26, 2017. Now, that was an, a negative response to our current president, but it's a reminder that both the United States and Russia have enough to kill everybody over and over again, and the, the horrible weapons of mass destruction are proliferating, and we don't even need to talk about that. We know that. And then global religion and the return of the wandering Jews to the promised land. That is the hard-to-miss event that the focal point of the United Nations and most news services have become the Middle East. And if it's not Islamic something it's israeli something and this is what the world wants they want us to coexist and and they want the the islamics to get along with the the jews and they want us all to you know kind of be very smoothly oriental you know with uh, uh hinduism and buddhism and all the eastern religions and they want the cross to fit in there along with the drug culture and the peace and everything else and satanism and we want to get along and there is coming a global religion where there's going to be a proponent of getting along. And he's going to promise peace and safety and everybody's going to listen to him. And what Jesus did not accomplish, he couldn't get everybody to worship him, the Antichrist will get. Everyone except those that are sealed by God. And all the rest of the world will worship the other Christ, not the real one. Sadly, one of the worst events of all time. And then there's this global desire for peace and prosperity and materialism. Jesus said that the world is going to be just like in the days of Noah, and it will be. God says there's seven events coming in the future. The next one is when he comes for his church. And the only thing Jesus told us is to be ready. And Paul repeated it. He said, live every day ready, as if it was your last. How long is it since we've thought about that? That's what we're thinking about all day long. We're supposed to be saying, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Let me not be ashamed before you at your coming, the Apostle John said. And then comes the judgment seat of Christ. Be holy. Christ will test our lives. Some that turn many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. And some who don't will be saved. Yet so as through fire. The tribulation, be thankful. Christ will keep us from that hour. The second coming, be patient. Christ is going to right all wrongs. Even the, every ethnic wrong, every environmental wrong, every... Every wrong in this world, all the secret sins and all the wicked things that have gone on, he said, I'm going to write them all. Don't worry. Be patient. Be focused. Christ is going to perfect the earth. Yeah, I've seen so many Christians who are trying to save the earth. Don't worry. Jesus is going to. Okay? He's going to fix it all back. And nothing's going to be polluted. Nothing's going to be poisonous. And nothing's going to be bad. And the rivers are going to be life-giving. And the, the death and destruction is going to roll back, as well as warfare and everything else. Be patient. Don't, don't focus your life on something Christ says, I'm in charge of that. Before we move on to our next video, meron pa kasi tayong next video. I just want to discuss this quickly, quickly lang naman, but I'll get your guys' comments later after we finish all the videos. And uh, before it goes off of my mind, it's just so interesting, diba? we see the evangelical churches here in the Philippines, they seldom talk about end times, diba? the eschatology it's only now that we see afghanistan we see all of this stuff happening sa mundo natin that they actually talk about it but what we should actually talk about is how we ought to live these times it's nice to talk about peace safety security but that's actually what 
Diba? Uh, Paul yata or Jesus warns that people will talk about, hey, I want peace, I want security. But in the end, they'll be caught by surprise. So that's what we want to focus on, especially sa mga youth churches. Diba? They want to focus on depression, they want to focus on relatable topics. But there's no such thing as relatable topics. I mean, the youth can understand every concept of the Bible. We're not to be treated as someone lower in terms of mental stature or whatever that may be. But may ano lang may current critique of these teachings that are not being held up sa mga churches natin is that it's not as frequent as it should be not to focus on those topics of fear of warning and on pero it should be prepping us for eternity it should always co- give us a constant reminder of what is to come and yun nga what shouldn't be the focus right now so yeah uh, next we have a video from John MacArthur Co the Gospel of Christ it is called the Jesus of Islam and the Jesus of the Bible. So let us watch this now. Islam as an utterly distinct religion from Christianity with no connection to Christianity. We, we would think that if someone is a Muslim, they, they have absolutely no connection to Christianity. And there are many religions that have no connection to Christianity. Hinduism has no connection to Christianity. Uh, Buddhism has no connection to Christianity. Uh, many others have no connection. It's amazing how many do connect because Satan wants to counterfeit and deceive and get as close to the truth as he can. There are actually confessed evangelical people who think that Muslims not only believe in God because they are monotheists believing in one God, but who think that Muslims are okay because they actually believe in Jesus. And by the way, they do. Brian McLaren, an emerging uh, church uh, heretic writer, in his book, The Secret Message of Jesus, says, and I quote, all Muslims regard Jesus as a great prophet. A shared reappraisal of Jesus' message could provide a common ground for urgently needed religious dialogue. This reappraisal of Jesus may be our only way of saving a number of religions, including Christianity." End quote. So if we want to save Christianity and save other religions, we need to all get together and that should be easy for us to do because we can start with the Muslims because they already believe in Jesus. The popular speaker and author Tony Campolo says, quote, when we listen to the Muslim mystics as they talk about Jesus and their love for Jesus, I must say it's a lot closer to New Testament Christianity than a lot of Christians. Really? So you think that the Muslim Jesus is the same Jesus? I can help you with that because they describe Jesus. The Muslim Jesus plays a crucial role in Islamic eschatology. Now you do know that the the Muslims have an eschatology. In other words, they have a theology of the end. They know where they're going according to their writings. They know where they're going. Let me describe the Muslim Jesus to you. This is out of their own writings, the Quran and the Sunnah. The Quran is supposedly the word of Allah actually the word of Satan, but they think it's the word of Allah. The Sunnah, the Sunnah are the words of and the 
works of Muhammad. The Qur'an then constitutes their holy scripture, and the Sunnah, sometimes called the Hadith, constitutes their holy tradition. Their theology comes out of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, just as Roman Catholic theology comes out of the Bible and tradition, or Judaism comes out of the Old Testament and rabbinic tradition. The Muslims have two sources of authoritative truth. In their system, they have Jesus. Jesus was a man. He was not God. He did not die. He went to heaven like Elijah. He did not die, therefore He did not rise. He did not die, therefore He did not provide an atonement for anyone, because no one can provide an atonement for anyone else. He is a man. He is a prophet. He is nothing more. He went to heaven like Elijah, and He's in heaven right now standing alongside Allah, waiting for Allah to send Him back. In their system, this man, this prophet Jesus, who is now in heaven, never having died, plays a key role in the end times, because He will return from heaven without dying. He will come back when Allah sends Him back. Now the question to ask is, why would Allah want to send Jesus back? As a lot of prophets to pick from, why does He send Jesus back? Answer, so that when He shows up, He can correct all the Christians who have misunderstood who He is. Sources for this again, the Qur'an, and the Sunnah. The great event of the coming of Christ, of coming of Jesus, is so that this prophet, this man who comes back can straighten out the misdirected, misguided, misconceiving Christians who think He was God, who died and rose again and provided atonement. He'll come back and straighten it out. And by the way, after he gets here, he'll get married, have children, and die and be buried next to Muhammad. That's the Muslim Jesus. In Islamic eschatology, there are three great signs of the end of history. Three great signs. There are some lesser signs or some minor signs and some major signs. In their eschatology, again, quoting their sources exclusively, there are three great signs of the end of history, and each of them is a man. Let me tell you about those three men. First of all, the first man that will come in the end of history is the Mahdi, M-A-H-D-I. Sometimes he's called the twelfth Imam. Every time Ahmadinejad over in Iran gives a speech, he says, glory to the Mahdi, glory to the twelfth Imam, every time. He's waiting for the coming of the Mahdi. What is he coming to do? He's coming, listen carefully, to slaughter all who will not worship Allah, convert to Islam. They are identified in their writings as pigs and dogs and to establish the everlasting world 
dominating kingdom of Islam. That's what he will do. The Mahdi or the twelfth Imam, that means the guided one, is the long-awaited Savior. He is the establisher of the final caliphate. The world must follow him as he takes over or he will destroy all enemies of Islam. He will come and he will carry on holy war and either you convert or you're killed by the Mahdi. He will have an army. His army will be a massive army and his army will go from nation to nation to punish the unbelievers. The holy writings of Islam say that this army will carry black flags and on those black flags there will be one word and that one word will be the word punishment. By the way, the Iranian army today carries black flags. They want to be ready for the coming of the Mahdi. He will lead the army of black flags first to Israel slaughter all the Jews, and then He will establish His rule in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. That's what their literature says. Slaughter the Jews, establish His rule on the Temple Mount. According to their holy writings, the Mahdi will bring rain and wind and crops and wealth and happiness so that all will love Him and no one will speak of anyone but Him. Their writings say the Mahdi will come and make at first a peace agreement with the Jews and the West for seven years. The reign of Mahdi lasts seven years in which he establishes Islam on the earth. Their holy writings say this, the Mahdi will come riding on a white horse and it even says in their writings as it says in Revelation 6, 1 and 2. Saddam, Saddam Hussein, by the way, painted murals of this Mahdi on white horse all over Baghdad and he comes carrying a sword to kill the infidels. When the Mahdi arrives, he will discover hidden scriptures. He will discover them, interestingly enough, somewhere near the Sea of Galilee. And there will be there hidden scriptures, hidden gospels, and a hidden Torah. And they will be the true scriptures which will be used by the Mahdi to show the Jews and the Christians they were wrong, that their scriptures were the false scriptures. Let me summarize. The Mahdi will be a messianic figure. He will be a descendant of Muhammad. He will be an unparalleled, unequaled leader. He will come out of a crisis of turmoil. He will take control of the world. He will establish a new world order. He will destroy all who resist Him. He will invade many nations. He will make a seven-year peace treaty with the Jews. He will conquer Israel and massacre the Jews. 
He will establish Islamic world headquarters at Jerusalem. He will rule for seven years, establish Islam as the only religion. He will come on a white horse with supernatural power. He will be loved by all people on earth. If that sounds familiar, that is a precise description of the biblical Antichrist. Absolutely step by step by step by step. The Bible's Antichrist is their Mahdi. We know that the rider on the white horse in Revelation 6 is the Antichrist. They use that verse to describe their Mahdi. Why am I giving you all this? Because the description of the Mahdi is exactly the description of the biblical Antichrist, the beast of Revelation 13. And you go into any kind of a study of that and you will find that all the details match up perfectly. The, the Bible's Antichrist is Islam's Savior and world conqueror who establishes a universal Islamic kingdom. And there's a second sign, a second person, and it is Jesus. The Mahdi is not Jesus. The Mahdi is greater than Jesus. And that's important to their system because if you have somebody greater than Jesus, then the Christians were wrong. So Jesus will return. Yes, Muslims believe that Jesus will come again. They believe in the return of Jesus. Not the true Jesus. The Jesus of Islam, not God, didn't die, didn't rise, didn't provide a sacrifice for sin, but He does return. He's a prophet. And He comes back and He has one purpose when He comes back, and that is to assist and aid the Mahdi. He returns, listen to this, as a radical Muslim. He comes back as a radical Muslim. He will arrive, by the way, at a minaret near Damascus. And He will come back holding the wings of two angels who flew Him down to meet the gathering army of the Mahdi in the east, the army of the black flags. Jesus, when He comes back, will pray to the Mahdi, who is greater than He. He will acknowledge the Mahdi as His Lord. He will make a pilgrimage to Mecca. He will worship Allah, and thus He will lead all Christians who will follow Him to reject their notion of Jesus and accept the real Jesus, who is nothing but a prophet and a man. He will establish worldwide Sharia law. He will become the greatest Muslim evangelist. And He will be the final witness on the Day of Judgment against non-Muslims. Christians everywhere will affirm that they were wrong, that the gospel is wrong, the New Testament is wrong. He didn't die. He didn't rise. He isn't God. He isn't the Son of God. He Himself will come back and point out how wrong we've been. He will correct all misinterpretations and all misrepresentations. Let me quote what their literature says. He will shatter crosses. That's metaphoric for the destruction of the church, a symbol of Christianity being placed in the church. He will kill pigs. He will abolish the tax on non-Muslims because there won't be any living non-Muslims. Can't tax dead people. And then He will do one more thing. 
He will kill the Islamic Antichrist. He will kill the Islamic Antichrist. Then he will die and be buried by Muhammad, but not until he has destroyed Christianity by revealing who he really is. Who is this? You compare what he does to the false prophet in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, 16, 19, 20, refer to the beasts coming out of the earth, the false prophet, who aids and abets the Antichrist. He is, as the Mahdi is the exact replica of the Antichrist, the Jesus prophet in Islam is the exact parallel to the false prophet who aids and abets the Antichrist. One of their writings says, he espouses the cause of the Mahdi. He is the Mahdi's executioner. He is the Mahdi's enforcer. He is the Mahdi's prophet. And it is He who kills the Antichrist. That leads me to the third person. The Antichrist will show up. The Muslims call Him Dajjal. He is the great deceiver. He comes to earth on a mule, and He's blind in one eye. He is an infidel. He is a false miracle worker, this Antichrist, this Islamic Antichrist. But you know who He claims to be? He claims to be Jesus, the Son of God. He claims to be deity. He will attempt to stop the Mahdi and the true Jesus, but the true Jesus will slaughter him. This is their view of the true Christ. Our Jesus is their Antichrist. Our Antichrist is their Redeemer. It is a satanic counterfeit that is in complete reverse. The army, this is a quote, the army of Satan will be led by a person who will claim to be Jesus Christ. There will be a great battle. The Muslim Jesus will fight the false Jesus and kill Him and establish Islam forever. The truth is, the true Jesus will destroy the Antichrist and the false prophet and establish His kingdom forever. This is Satan's complete counterfeit. Muslim world domination. Now somebody might say, well, you know, when you think about the future and what's going to happen in the world, don't we have a revived Roman Empire? Doesn't that mean the West? You remember that the image in Daniel 2 of the final world empire had two legs and the Roman Empire had the West and the East? You know, of course, if you know history, that the Western part of the Roman Empire basically dissolved and the East survived for a thousand years or more. So that at the time of the New Testament, 60% of the Roman Empire was land that is now under Muslim control. 
at least 60 percent. The vast majority of the Roman Empire in New Testament times is today under Muslim control, and Islam is moving across the West rapidly in Europe, isn't it? When you have a picture in Ezekiel 38, you have a picture of the Antichrist Gog, and you have the listing of eight nations that will be a coalition for the Antichrist. All eight of those are Muslim nations, all eight of them. And they ring the Mediterranean all the way to Libya. In Revelation 17, 9 to 11, it says there were six kingdoms and then a seventh and finally an eighth. What is the seventh? Well, there's been discussion about that. It well could be the Ottoman Turk Empire which lasted 500 years and didn't really fall till the modern era. Turkish Empire was the last caliphate which ended in 1923 and they're waiting for the restoration when the Mahdi comes. So right at the very end, somebody's going to say, I'm Jesus. Somebody else is going to say, I'm Jesus. Who are you going to believe? That's just one form of this deception that will show up at the end. And even now it's deceiving people. There are a whole world of Muslims who, who, who think Jesus is someone He is not and consequently reject the true Jesus. Do not be deceived. There's a world of Muslims deceived about the person of Jesus Christ. You cannot accommodate that by saying, isn't it wonderful they love Jesus? They don't. Any other Jesus than the true Jesus is not Jesus. And if you worship any other than the true Jesus, you are cursed. Guys, this video, especially the last one, opened our minds now. It's not as different as we thought it would be. Like we see all of these other religions, especially like what Pastor John said with the Muslims. That religion is really something that the devil made to really influence billions of people. And it's true, billions of people are going to hell. Kapag nakita mo, diba, with the recent news, I won't name the country na lang for censorship purposes, but you know that country, diba, with, with that law happened and then that group of radicals took over and then we see that horrid scene of the people falling off the plane you couldn't just help but think that do they have Christ it's almost impossible that they have Christ because they're they're in that the majority majority of them are in an Islamic country so it's really important to see that we need to preach the gospel in even in this nation we're blessed to have religious freedom even though sabihin mo na, ay, majority Catholic, hindi naman yung totoong Christianity. We're, we're not supposed to judge. We can correct them. But correct, correcting others or rebuke, dapat, it should also lead to them knowing the truth. Hindi lang yung papakita natin na marami tayong alam. But we should also show that this is the truth, this is the way. And that the true Jesus talaga will judge the nations. He will not bring peace or prosperity. We'll delve into that later. Pero I'll just use this time na to share my point and my opinion on what we watched earlier the two videos. So with the first one, about the seven events that are coming, it's really evident ngayon, ba? Especially with what Pastor John said. Pastor John said that there are a lot of people going to and fro. Parang di sila mapakale. Parang they're expecting something. And what is that something? Parang they're trying to stock up on things. Parang they're panicking. 
it's said in the Bible that people will really panic because they don't know what will happen. But for us Christians, those who hear this podcast who are Christians, we know that we are founded in the Word of God, that we don't need to accumulate the things of the world to stay alive. Because our purpose in this world is not to stay alive. To live is in Christ and to die is gain. It's our importance to live for God in this body. But in case we die, we're, in, we're gaining. We're, we're in the presence of God, so we have nothing to lose. Not unlike the people who don't have Christ, they go to and fro, they try to seek everything that they can, but only for what? They will just be surprised at the end of their life. God forbid that they go to hell. They will see nothingness. They will see judgment. They will see punishment and hell. That's just what it is. So it's important for us, especially as the youth, all the Christian evangelical churches to preach the true gospel. As what we have been saying for the past three podcasts, that's, that's the truth of the matter. That's the point that we're getting into. That it's not important for us to treat to, min, uh, to major on the minor, but to major on what's important. The ultimate doctrine of the Bible centers in Christ. And not in prosperity, not living the most healthy life now, not living the most uh, smart life or whatever that may be. Because, yeah, that's a byproduct, that's a fruit. But that will lead us away from our true calling. Imagine all the Christian leaders, the pioneers, they had to suffer. And they lost everything for Christ. Jesus said that whoever does not look back is not, whoever looks back is not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. If you look at this world, like what Pastor John said, a lot of people have this boom in information. Maraming taong, quote unquote, woke. They say that, oh, there are this many genders, there are this many this and that. I mean, it's just confusion. And Satan is the author of confusion. That's why I like this quote from someone, I think it's a reformer, sinabi niya na, anything outside the doctrine or the scriptures is from the devil. <laughs> it's just as easy as that. Everything we need for life and godliness is in God's word. That's why it's important for us to look for guidance, not on counselors, although it's not bad. But primarily, we ought to live our lives in God's word. So returning out to the video of Pastor John, we can see that there are a lot of things that are currently happening that he has described. And those that he described are based on God's word, right? We see all of these famines going more frequently, getting more intense in our lifetime, and we just we're just desensitized by it. We just normalize it. But do we care to think that ayo mga taong yan that are affected? How are they? Are we praying for them? This is not much. What I'm saying is not much more on a theological standpoint, but on a really Christian on our responsibilities. We see those things. We aren't. We don't brush them off as, ay, it's all part of God's plan lang. It's it's supposed to happen. But how about the people that are affected by that? How if, what if those people who are affected by that die and they're not Christians, diba? We just see them and just be apathetic with our lives? I mean, that's not what we are supposed to be. We're not waiting for Jesus to come, but we are doing God's work by obeying His Great Commission. And yun nga, next with those other topics that Pastor John said, diba? A lot of people are trying to get what is most convenient and that's what will lead us to the ane, to that great deception to that big scheme of things that will ultimately lead a lot of people astray that's ultimately comfort not, not to say that online shopping is bad not to say that everything online is bad because we should do it because with, with, with our situation with the lockdowns with the virus all around us it's for our safety but if we live in that comfort if that becomes our god if that becomes our ultimate source of security that i i have all of these online assets cryptocurrency i have all of these shopping sa lasada marami akong nabudol or whatever it's not bad to rely on that but if that becomes our lifestyle we will be a part 
from God's eternal purpose. Iba sinabi ni Pastor John sa huli, na those who live and uh, lead others to be righteous will be like shining stars in the heavens. But those who don't, who just uh, just sit around there, will be saved as though they are through the fire. So, for us Christians, iba, I'm also talking to non-Christians, we should evaluate our life that are we really putting our lives for the glory of God in terms of eternal treasures? That's what we should seek. Eh? That verse is taken out of context by many preachers. Tara sinasabi na, na, hey, do this and then God will repay you. God is not an ATM machine. He gives us what He pleases, what is in His sovereignty. The point of that text is that we should give to God what is due His. Our time, our talents, our treasures, and our lives. That's why in this season, this is the eschatological season, we're not supposed to be afraid that Oh, we're looking at this, we're looking at that. The news will blind us kasi. That's what the news is for. It's not bad to look at news once in, off, once in a while, but if that becomes the way how our, uh, our minds work, that becomes our lifestyle and our mindset, that will really blind us away from the promises of God that He will have ultimate victory at the end, which we'll discuss also later. And yeah, moving to the second video of Pastor John. MacArthur, we see that there is a very, very important distinction about the Jesus of Islam is the Antichrist of the Bible. Or, or, or the, wait, it's just the, uh, the, the other person, sila. And then, the Antichrist of the Bible is their Savior. It's their Savior. So, looking at that deception, it's not just in Islam, but we see that all around us with all the other religions, not even religions, but also ideologies. They're, they're panicking. Like what I said earlier, the word is panicking. They're looking for a Superman image that will arise. Don't they have it already? They're, Christ is there. He was there 2,000 years ago and he is here. But they're blinded you know, by the God of this world. And it's so sad lang to think that people are really prepping themselves up without any resistance. I know that this podcast is very controversial, but guys, footnote lang, disclaimer lang. In the near future, when all of these eschatological things comes, this podcast will be deleted. <laughs> this will be gone. Kasi nga, whatever, I don't want to think about that. But as long as there is time, I mean, it's important to talk about these things. Not to delve into conspiracies, but what God's word says lang. Yeah, like what I said, people are really in panic. They're looking for someone to stabilize them. There's someone to be in a rule of authority. But like what Pastor John MacArthur said, that there will be this figure who will come out of the Middle East. He will claim to be God, but in fact, he's not. He's a messenger of Satan. Uh, Quote-unquote, he's the son of perdition who will bring upon but all of these other things that are horrendous and horrible. And that's what Satan does, right? He, he gives, not, not, not even during that time, we're not even in that time of the actual tribulation pa naman. That, that's a different eschatological view. But even now, right? We see Satan's works in, in this world. He tries to package all of these things as nice, right? With prosperity, he, he tries to package Christianity as something that's a lifestyle of being popular and hip, being... Uh, in, in the trends and whatnot, you know, mga enneagrams, ano pa ba, yung mga kung ano-ano pa mang... Th those things, those aren't biblical. Whatever is not biblical, we shouldn't delve into it. And that's what happens with the Islam, right? Parang, they believe in Jesus, but what Jesus are they believing? Same context goes with us Christians. We believe in Jesus, but what Jesus are we believing in? We should also really uh, imagine ourselves in retrospect, but what have I been thinking about Christ? Have I been... Low, lowering our view of him, anthropomorphizing him, that, that big word, or really lowering his view? Are we treating him as someone else, like a human or a genie? 
that uh, that video of John MacArthur really made us realize that Jesus isn't a mere man as the Muslims ought to treat him because they thought that he was a blind man, half blind man in a mule. So, the point lang with that video is to say that we're really blessed that we know the truth. But what are we to do with this truth ngayon? Are we supposed to lock ourselves up and wait until the Christ returns? Or we are to be faithful like Timothy or like uh, uh, si Stephen who really preached the gospel until the end. He wasn't afraid even though danger was at his door. So, that's just my point lang. It's just something to really ponder upon and we'll talk about it more. So, how about you, JV? What do you think about those two videos kanina? Thank you very much, Jedi. What impacted me the most from the second video was verse 8 of Matthew 24. Birth, being a birth pains and that they would get worse. They would get worse and worse. And, you know, for example, the pestilences, you know, with the COVID-19 pandemic, it's getting worse. You know, the regular COVID-19, variants, you know, it's getting worse. You know, wars, um, famines, pestilences, earthquakes. Um, I've read actually that um, our modern age today has more earthquakes compared to uh, 100 years ago. So it's definitely getting worse and worse. Um, for doc for Dr. MacArthur, um, actually Dr. MacArthur said a lot in there, and I truly appreciate. But um, to keep it um, to keep it simple, what impacted impacted me the most is that our biblical Jesus, the the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, is their antichrist. Kabaga opposites. Um, tapos naman uh, the an their savior, their Jesus, the one who um who uh, the one who will aid the Mahdi, is our antichrist so you see it's it really does make sense that this antichrist this Mahdi, um, will try to unite um the other religions it truly makes sense and um they would um slaughter the christians i mean we've seen that before in history and like birth pains it would continue to progress it will continue to progress. So that's what really impacts. Uh, the Mahdi or this, G, this Jesus will try to destroy the church, will shatter the crosses. But um, I don't think um, they would be very successful. Um, uh, countless, um, countless kings have persecuted Christians and they're still here. And I truly believe that Christians would stay until the true Jesus, the Son of Man, will come in the clouds. So, the, those are my thoughts. Yeah, thanks, JP. I'll give mine the next. Okay, so I think first I wanna just add on to something JV and Jedi more so said earlier about here in the Philippines. That yes, um, the Philippines, like in the Middle East, where everyone's Muslim, we live in a country that's Catholic. And while you know, Christianity or evangelical is different from Catholicism, somewhat there's still similarities, especially in terms of ethics, how we live our lives, and somewhat how Catholic Catholicism and our culture here in the Philippines is mixed, it's influenced by Catholicism. So, and everyone, 
and I was reading a happened the other day survey that around 80% something like that bonds up in there believe are Catholic here in the Philippines and that's a lot grabe but not many people and I guess this gives an opportunity right so we will echo and echo over and over again the opportunity compared to other countries it's gonna be easier to share the gospel here because we have common ground already with the people we're sharing them with same background somewhat okay and okay secondly I wanna give a comment on the first video you know, by Dr. John Den, not John MacArthur, right? And I agree, by the observations he made there about data and how people move to and fro, by airplanes, and how discussed numerous others, is that it's true man, that there is an uncanny, this uncanny connection, right? How things are getting faster, further and everything that's being said that everything that's being prophesied especially the bit when we're talking about jesus about responding to what the disciples said about when when will we know when you'll come back and these are the signs he gave and those signs are being met right now and it's really interesting what's happening already we can want to share of one thing uh jesus is coming soon like forward it's never going to be backwards every day we go is one day closer to that date we can be sure of that. Um, okay, and thirdly, I want to comment on the third video that I learned there, and I find it really fascinating because I did not know that that the Muslims' so-called Christ, their so-called savior, that would make everyone Muslim, that would sort of conquer the world, um, is similar, or the description of that is similar to Antichrist. JV mentioned earlier, given. I find it really uncanny and I'm surprised. I'm so surprised now. How the similarity there. I guess, you know, since um, Islam was created after Christianity, could have got some inspiration from there. But yeah, I guess it just speaks to the truth that um, the most dangerous lies are those lies that have a bit of truth in them. Since you see the bit of truth, it's a good lie. Diba? Some, someone like the uh, Snow White, diba? He ate, um, she ate an apple, a red apple, diba? red apple in Tamis. Yeah. But in reality, it was a poison apple. It's quoted in truth. Simple inside, it's a lie. Before I go on, I like that little Snow White apple thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the first video, right, it talks about science and all this, and it just really reminds everybody that, you know, we're really living in the end times. Some people are like, no, you know, we've been talking about that for a long time. Everybody said this before. But when you read it, it really shows you that the Bible is self-fulfilling, right? It shows us that, you know, we're living through sickness, wars, and if you tell me that we're not going through sickness right now, well then, um, tell me where you are. I'll come over <laughs> right now. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm not just... Seriously though, um, it just really a, a call for everybody else that we really have to, like in the second video, get our Jesus right, because that's where it starts, right? If that, if we're, if we make a mistake in that part, then everything is just gonna go awry. So yeah, that's just a few little things I have in the video. Um, I agree with what you all said, and it's very um, disturbing as well, and how how different it is you know how they see jesus they see him as um the other way around for us right so we just really got to get things straight and not sit still not just sit around wait for him binge on netflix but go out and do our mission yeah.
guys thank you so much for all of your insights and again i would like to echo the main message about who is your jesus that's our ultimate message for the past podcasts and yeah with nathan i would like to echo i would like to repeat it then again especially with the catholics about one thing then i just like to add another sort of opinion about that but with the catholics i think it's also hard quite hard to reach the catholics because they have their faith in catholicism they're so devout but something people who are hard to evangelize are those who think that they're already christians or, or, or someone said that there will there are those things that look the same there's those things that look similar but are in fact when you uncover the truth is actually a full lie that's why when pastor john MacArthur said that the really Catholic uh, islam is very prevalent now it's becoming more prevalent in the western culture it's because they're packaging islam as something of peace as something like nirvana or whatever that may be but in fact, Islam is very, very deep, very, very horrid. It goes in the big path. I'm not an ex- Islamic expert, but I've watched some videos in the ano, uh, Acts 19 apologetics, all of those people who defend Christianity from Islam. And they have said that Islam is a very, very... Uh, it fools a lot of people. And then when they get to see the real religion, they'll, they'll be set aback, especially with their laws and whatnot. It's really the opposite of Christianity, which is really true with every other religion. There's no other religion, there's no other faith except Christianity. And the other one is the religion of the devil. <laughs> it leads you to hell. It may be packaged in whatever that may be, but it's all leading to damnation. So our first point is when the rubber meets the road, where will you be found? Where will I be found? Where will we be found? There will be a great tribulation. The greatest period of suffering mankind will ever experience. No one truly knows a set eschatological period. Mapa post uh, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. By the way, guys, trib means pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation. And what that accounts to is called the quote-unquote rapture, where the Christians, God's elect, will be caught up into the air to be with him in the clouds. And then Ayun, uh, a lot of people really believe in the P-trip, but there have been some Bible scholars who have dug deeper and really devoted their lives and they believe that it is post-trip. Nevertheless, no one knows when the Son of Man will come. Even Christ himself said, he does not know. So only God knows. That's why we should not make an excuse. Kapag, kasi kapag nalaman natin na, ay, Christ will come mid-trip, magbahapi-hapi ako dito sa gitna ng tribulation. Okay, sama-sama kami ng mga armies. <laughs> Gaganyan tayo, di ba? We'll, we'll set up our lives for disaster. But if we don't know when Christ will come, we should set our lives up to glorify God. We should set our lives up. It's the golden chain of salvation. And the, at the end of it is our glorification. But first, we ought to be sanctified. So, ayun nga, we as Christians will suffer for Christ. It's not should, it's not could, but we will. One way or another, it may not be physical, it may be emotional, it may be verbal. Diba sabi nga ni Christ that, I have not come to bring peace but a sword. I will cut off those family ties that you have. If you're a Christian, stand for your faith. It doesn't matter if you want to please your 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 gay uncle or your or those people who cause divisions in your family. Because you're not meant to please other people, but you're meant to lead them to truth. John the Baptist, and that's why he was very hated by those Pharisees. They were saying, brood of vipers, how dare you uh, disdain or stain God's word? Parang you're uh, outward, you're, you may seem to be clean, but inward, you're... you're uh, you're very, uh, no. you defile, you defile the truth. That's what we should avoid, being comfortable in what we have, but instead we ought to reflect the image of John the Baptist and Christ. 
He dwelt in the midst of sinners, but he did not sin with them. That's why we should also exercise discipline in our own lives. Faith ought to be wrung out and tested. Uh, sinabi ni Paul, kasi yung context natin sa Philippians 4.13, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. Parang sasabihin mo sa loto, nagloto ka. Sinagay mo Philippians 4.13. Ano yun? Even those things, God doesn't acknowledge that. So first, we should know the context. Sinabi ni Paul sa mga previous verses na, I have been through a lot, I've been through few, I've experienced shipwrecks, this and that. He has experienced every bad thing he could in his life. But still, he could do all things through Christ who strengthens him. Parang sinabi niya na, whether I live or die, I'm with the Lord. Everything is for His glory. That's why we should think that hindi, it's not something that we should really be afraid of whether we go through that point na tulad na sinabi ko kanina, the tribulation. Kasi no one knows. Just in case as Christians, just a reminder, if we go through the tribulation, don't don't get that thing. <laughs> don't don't get that mark. <laughs> That's the thing. A lot of people are afraid of it. They say na, na ay pa, parang bak, yung vaccine at ba yung mark ano ano pa ba ano pa ba yung mga sinasabi na, na pag pag nag credit card ba ako ito ba yung mark cryptocurrency or GCash? Di na nga mag-Gcash kasi pera na lang. Mga COVID ka pa kapag nag kapag nag pera ka. No, kidding aside. The mark is not either of those. But I personally believe, out of my own, ano, it's leading to that. Because we see that it's becoming more convenient, like what I said earlier. But it's not yet that. It's not yet that. You can enjoy those things. But a lot of people kasi think that the vaccine may have adverse effects. All I trust you. Pero tulad ng sinabi ni Paul, don't try to disown the person who is weak in faith, quote-unquote. But they're having disputes with eating vegetables or just eating meat. They're having disputes on what is the holiest day of the week, the Sabbath, Saturday, Sunday. But what's important talaga is we base our lives on what the true Word of God says. Those matters are disputable matters. But if we see that there is this thing that a person in authority offers that causes you to sin and denounce your faith against God, don't get it kasi nga it's against our faith. And if you do get that, you're eternally damned into hell. That's why it's important for us to know talaga that scriptures is our only basis. We ought not to focus on those videos in Facebook, although some are really true. But around most of them, they're either overblown or underemphasizing the truth. That's why we should not focus on getting our news or our, our peace in social media. Kasi nga, we may have this headline, but another news source says this headline. A lot of people have their own opinions. They bark back and forth. That's why we have this quote-unquote cancel culture. But we're Christians. We're not, all, we're not told to cancel each other. In fact, we're told to be humble and preach the gospel. And if we sin, we can disobey the government. But if we're not being caused to sin, we should obey, obey, obey. Kasi may makikita tayong Christian. I'm sorry if I'm getting off track eschatology, but I just want to address this issue, di ba? There are other Christians we see that they try to defy the government in terms of really uh, criticizing, quote-unquote, pero parang they're bad-mouthing the government leaders. Even in the times of Paul, they were being eaten alive by lions, burned to the stake. They were persecuted for their faith. They ano sinabi ni Peter? Pray for them. But there's still people. They're not. They're not the devil. They can be saved if it is God's will. That's why we should pray, pray, pray. No, no matter what happens. But with Stephen, para sinab siya. Lord, do not hold this against them. Same for us. Do not. We should not hold our grudges against the government or whatever person in authority just because they don't give us what we want. We won't always get what we want. That's why we live this life. God will give us what we want, which is eternal life in heaven, na, in eternity. Na. But now, we should suffer for Him. Pick up our cross. The cross is not light. It's not made out of styrofoam, physically speaking. But it's a really heavy cross. We should carry it daily. 
it's not really a one-time thing that ah, I'm so fired up, diba sinabi ni Paul Washer, that I'll serve one week in church or I'll serve for um, how many days. But a cross is something that we do daily. We're being sanctified daily and we will be glorified. And while we wait, but rather than giving our lives, rather than renouncing Christ when the son of perdition and his mark comes, we ought to stand strong in faith. And this life really prepares us for that, just in case we live in either mid-trip or post-trip, but those are technical pa. But the truth of the matter, my point lang for the first point is that this is not out of excess and O's. This is first and foremost your personal relationship with Christ. Because if we tend to focus on the details, we try to find those gray areas kapag sinabi natin na, Ay, ito, it's contradicting this thing, it's contradicting that thing, will Christ come this date or that date? There's no date, there's no time. It's just that our personal lives, most importantly, we aren't to be afraid of that thing, about that, that tribulation thing. Most importantly, death. But death can come at our lives anytime. You may, you may die at your sleep tomorrow or, or, or now. But what's important is that either all of those things happen, our eternal security is really found in Christ. So that's just my point. And it says here in Matthew 24, 21, where there will be a great tribulation such as that not been from the beginning of the world until now. No and never will be. So the context of the great tribulation is that it's the the retribution of God. Not the final punishment as a hell, but it's the great you know, retribution of God upon those sinners here in this world, including the Antichrist, the false prophet, and all of their all of their soldiers and armies. And that time, it will be the worst. It will be more worse than the Holocaust. It will be worse than World War One, World War Two. Name it. Even even the times of the persecuted Christians. Because we have all of these technologies, and be that may that these technologies are good for us. It gives us comfort, but it can also be used for evil. That's why we should never be too comfortable in living with the world, living with the comforts of the world. Although it may be with from Christ, it's Christ's gift for us. But still, we should not put our faith in that. And you know, next with the Great Tribulation, that will have many, many events. Because I've, I've studied personally this series, like 30-part series about eschatology, but I won't delve into it. Uh, among, among those things that will happen in the Tribulation, there will be physical, literal angel, uh, demons that, will, that can come in your house if you're in that time. And then there will be, uh, the earth will be swallowed up, and then there will be locusts. Uh, just a parallel, lang, from the time of Moses, but with the plagues, that all of those plagues that will happen during the Great Tribulation, but much worse. By his plague of the boils, his plague of the frogs, the locusts, the pool of blood, that will happen, but worse. Even more, even more frequent. That is the Great Tribulation. So, why am I saying this? It's not for us to be in fear, but for us to thank God because He has granted us an escape through the rapture of His church. But be that may that we may undergo the Tribulation, he will protect us. We have the mark and the seal of God. We are, we are not afraid of that. But our, 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 our task is to preach the gospel. Now we know that these things will happen. Will we dilly-dally? Will we stay in the comforts of our own zone, of our own things, material things, and all of these uh, relationships? It's not bad, but it's not essential. It says in 1 Peter 4.13, But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. So, just to think of our own lives, especially comparing the U.S., parang sinasabi nila na, oh, seeing the events of this country being taken over by this extremist group, the mga churches contemplate that, do we take our faith seriously? Especially with those churches that are quote-unquote seeker-sensitive, they preach about all of this relevant stuff, all of pop culture, 
but will that glorify Christ when his glory is revealed or diba, will, will, will it not will it be counted as straw or hay but not gold silver and pearls or, or jewels when when the time comes of his judgment it, it should be our goal that we should not talagang trust in the ways of the world and yun nga, in the comforts like what I said earlier and last verse lang Revelation 7.14 I said to him Sir you know and he said to me these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation they have washed their clothes robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb so parang yung nasasalita dito is si John so si John yung ah, si, uh, yeah I think it's John right the last person who was not martyred so he was there in the end of time parang he was really waiting for all of these things. He was seeing all of these things that are happening all around him. And at the last time, the, the overarching message of that book, Revelation, is that ultimate victory are, is Christ, is God's. Uh, as the eschatology of the Islam say, the ultimate victory thou is of the Muslims or whatnot, of the Mahdi or whatever that may be. But the truth is, going back to the illustration of the kingdom of God being an immovable mountain that God's kingdom will reign it's not that uh, we are uh, heaven will wait for us <laughs> God will not wait for us Jesus will not wait for us to change and be serious we should wait for God we should be serious for God now and here we should not compromise so that's my point yeah. okay thanks Jadi so I want to mention before I get to this point that I'm supposed to do is that yeah, eschatology is really something firstly that I never studied that much compared to the zero jetty. But we can be sure of one thing here. We can be sure that the day that Jesus is gonna come is forward. As I mentioned earlier, every day it's one day closer. It may not be in our lifetime, maybe in the next decade or ten years, we have no idea, but it's in the future, right? And you can as in the video earlier, right? And we saw that the time, signs are coming, right? Signs are getting more frequent, the intensity is ramping up. Let me read a couple of verses here. Um, we go to Matthew 24, verse 6. It says here, And you will hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. So, in this verse, take a little context. So this was when the disciples were asking Jesus, so when will you come back? And Jesus told them this is for the signs. Mentioned a couple others, but he selected these particularly. It's true, right? It says here that wars and rumors and that's always on the news, right? We hear it from friends, from family, and there are wars, World War II, World War One. But let me another one. This is from Luke 21, verse 11. There will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. So earthquakes, right? I think JD mentioned earlier, we don't have a specific statistic, but it is true that there are more earthquakes happening now compared to maybe 19. So it keeps the amount of earthquakes increasing since we started measuring those things. Famines, pestilences, and COVID. <laughs> But why am I mentioning this? The main point I want to make really mentioning all these signs is that it's coming in the future. And what are we to do about that, right? Eschatology basically means the study of the end times. And I don't know why, but big observation is that as humans, right, 
I mean, anything. We want to see the future. We want to see what happens, right? Um, but in this case, in the story of biblical redemption, the whole Bible, we already know the story. So what's the use of that? Well, the use of that is that how do we know the whole story from beginning to finish? We know what's going to happen. We can take comfort in what's going to happen. Especially that we know that in the end, those elect, those whom God saved, those God predestined from the start of time, they come out. They will be saved. If we are in that, we can take great comfort in that. We really put our hope in Jesus. But that's not that's at all. So for our next point, we have Christ's coming is visible, personal, unexpected, triumphant, and glorious. Okay. Jesus' return is not something we should be afraid of. He always fulfills his promises and our ultimate assurance is his resurrection on the third day. Um, Christ's coming is visible, personal, unexpected, triumphant, and glorious. At the last verse, we could um, we could say... um. Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great thou art. So we shouldn't be afraid. Christians shouldn't be afraid of the coming of Christ. So um, bukod sa ano, bukod sa we shouldn't be driven by fear but we should expect it. Kasi um, pag sinabi mong and Lord Haste the day when the faith shall be said. You know, malalaman of the whole world that um, Christ is King. Yon, we're eager for it, and then the clouds will be rolled back, and then the Christ will come down from the heaven. So that is the excitement that we should all have. We shouldn't be afraid of. I end times. I hindi takot ako dyan. No, we should. We should be excited about it. And that he always fulfills his promises. Resurrection on the third day. That is where it all it lies. Yung, uh, um, to reference yung hymn ni Charles Wesley, um, Christ the Lord is risen day. Love's redeeming work is done. Um, Christ has opened paradise. Diba? Where all that is now thy sting. Hallelujah. So it's really a good hymn that's related to this point. And that yun nga, we should, uh, we would soar where Christ is led. So I highly encourage to our listeners to listen to those three hymns, How Great Thou Art, It Is Well With My Soul, and Christ the Lord is Risen Today. So um, let me just share some few verses that is again related to this point. We have Hebrews 9.28 which says, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. We all know about Christ's death on the cross. That is yung offered to bear the sins of many, His elect. Those who were chosen by the Father before the foundations of the world. Yun yun, he, he bore the sins of many. Will appear a second time. This is also a reference to the Old Testament on the day of the of the of the day of the atonement. Um, the high priest will enter into the holy of holies. He would um offer, diba, for the sins of the people, and the people outside of the temple will um wait for the high priest to return. Ibig sabihin natanggap na yung sacrifice. Natanggap na, it is complete. So, um, ito yung parang mirror to that we are expecting that he would return again. Natapos na. 
not to deal with sin. Hindi ibig sabihin that Christ will not judge sin, but yung burden yung like he carried the cross to Calvary. Hindi na hindi na not to bear sin. It's not going to die again for people. It's not going to die again. But to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So that's what we're talking about in Hebrews 9.8. Another verse, 1 Peter 1.13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, yung preparing your minds for action. Some translations would refer it as geared up the loins of your mind. Ibig sabihin nito as, is to... Uh, prepare yourself to preparing up um metaphorically it applies to a thought process meaning that um we should reject all the hindrance world but to prepare our minds and focusing on the future grace of god yun yun yung preparing your minds being sober minded um spiritual sober mindedness includes the ideas of steadfastness in diba self control the clarity of the mind you have a sense of morality you know kung anong tama nito about the culture you know how to discern kung tama ba to is this god glorifying so yon um the sober minded christian um, will sacrifice all of the things that are not for god Yun yun. Um, he would cut off his hand if this particular thing um, um, causes him to stumble. So God, and set your hope fully on the grace. This means that um, Christians, especially those who are suffering, must um, live for the future. Yun nga, as if Christ is coming anytime. You have to set your hope fully on the grace that... Um, in Christ's future ministry of giving His elect eternal life. So that is where our hope should be. I know it's easy to worry. Like, ano na mangyayari sa buhay ko? You know, with the pandemic. But, yun nga, we should be, una, we should, re- we should remind ourselves that Christ will be coming again. And, um, uh, I mean, sorry, sorry. Iba pala yung verse. Pero yun nga, we should re- remind ourselves that we should prepare our minds for action. We must be ready. We must be spiritually sober-minded about things. And we should set our hope on the grace of God that He is coming again. Yun nga, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, now it brings us to our next point. You know, a lot of us, we may feel hopeless, right? Because of our current situation, everything that's going around us, you know, it really just makes us worry. And um, but there's an assurance, you know, of Jesus coming that really gives us future hope. Encouragement about the future is really found in the gospel. And it's not bad to plan for the future. You know, we should be doing that. But our focus must be primarily um, for our eternity. You know, our actions are supposed to be kingdom focused and really for God's glory alone. We have a first verse, which is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, and it reads that, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this talks about complete sanctification. You know, it's really God's work in us. And, you know, the idea of the word sanctify, right, is to set apart. It's to make something different, distinct, you know, to break old associations, to make a new creature. And um, it really is God's work, and He won't stop transforming us. 
until um, there's nothing that has not conformed to his image. So as long as we are living in this age, you know, in the flesh, we are called to grow more and more loving. And we are really being transformed to be what God wants us to be. Uh, we have another verse. It's James 5, 7 to 9. And it says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So it says, right, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently. You know, a farmer, he doesn't give up, even if his crop doesn't show up instantly. But instead, he keeps working. Um, and it should be like that as Christians. You know, we work hard and exercise patient endurance, even when the harvest day, it seems far away. So we're really supposed to wait upon God, not lose heart. Uh, you know, when you think about it, why does this why do they um, compare it to the life of a farmer? And it's because, you know, a farmer, he waits with reasonable hope. And most importantly, with an expectation of a reward, right? And he doesn't wait just a few days, you know, a few weeks. But instead, he waits a long time. But the entire time that the farmer is waiting, he is working. So that's how we should be as Christians, right? Working to bring more people into Jesus' kingdom. He waits depending on things, not of his own power, but with his eye on the heavens. That's how the farmer is and how he should be. So next, before I go into my point, I would like to talk about the three parables that Jesus talked about in the parables of the end time kingdom. Matthew 25, 1-46. Here we have the three parables. First is the parable of the ten virgins, parable of the talents, and the parable of the sheep and of the goats. So most importantly for us Christians, we should relate most importantly to the parable of the ten virgins. Although all of the parables are very important, but for us especially. So the parable of the ten virgins goes as the ten virgins are waiting for the bridegroom to come into their wedding ceremony. They are they have to fill up their lamps with oil. But the other people, they dilly-dally, parang sinabi na lala, Ay, hating gabi na, wala pa rin yung groom. Ano, dito na lang tayo, magpahinga na lang tayo, naantok na ako. As yung iba, parang sinabi na, No, I took part in this wedding. I know that he will come. Therefore, I will always be ready. Kahit na maantok man ako, kahit na maraming distractions dito, kahit matulog pa kayo, I will stand firm. So that's what happened to the five virgins. So what happened when the bridegroom came, those who slept, they weren't invited inside, even though that they were the wise, they were virgins. They were foolish, even though they were invited in the wedding. They were not invited. They were not let inside. So same applies to us, iba. Uh, sometimes we can get weary. We can get astray by a lot of things in this world. Parang if we know the truth, we tend to be really worn out. Parang sinabi, sinasabi natin na ay nakapagod naman to a lot of things that are evil left and right. Parang it's okay to just quit and lie down and just shut myself off to the world. But you know, just to relate na nga, Paul also felt that. Sinabi niya na, I have this struggle, a thorn in the flesh that keeps me, parang yung pride niya, to keep, to keep his pride from going up. So parang sinabi niya na, I do things that I do not want to do. What I do not want to do, I do those. So relating to us Christians, we have this constant struggle. That's why we're living still in the flesh, but the flesh doesn't have dominion over us. And we should not sleep because we know that we are being sanctified in Christ. And we should always remember that it's Christ's work, not ours. That's why we should pay close importance and a very high premium to what He is doing in our lives. And the next parable talks about the parable of talents. 
there are these uh, entrusted servants, but there's there's this king who has all of these kingdoms, all of these riches to, called talents during that time. So the talents was like a day's wage yet or a month's wage. So they were given each <clears throat> a talent. So the the people who had five talents, again ten, sinabi ni Jesus na well done, good and faithful servant. Tapos yung meron siyang one ta, ay, uh, meron siyang ten talents na double niya, or uh, correct me if I'm wrong lang. Basta two people had talents and then they were able to propagate it. And they were able to be faithful as a steward. So even though what they started off of was just a bit, it was not a lot in terms of their currency at the time, they were able to multiply it. They were able to double it, in fact, for God's glory. Because they knew that even though the master wasn't looking at them, even though they knew that he was away and they were free to do whatever they wanted, they knew that the reward was too hard to pass up. And that's what our perspective should be, about. It should not like be like the wicked servant who said that, Oh, Master, I just dig, dug it up and put it under the land. I knew that you were wicked and you took what was not of yours. Parang yun yung sinasabi natin kay God, eh, the, the existence of God. Sinasabi natin na, Why is life so unfair, God? Gusto ko to, gusto ko yan. But hindi nangyayari? I remember, a reminder to you guys na nga, the world does not revolve around you. The world does not revolve around me. It revolves around God, the Creator, the King of the universe. So, put things into perspective lang, we should think of ourselves as a humble servant who is faithful in stewarding God's riches. And God's riches are not necessarily financial, although literally we should, but most importantly, they are ourselves. We are. Our time is precious. That's why we should think about where we spend our time. It's so easy to talk about sharing the gospel and doing this and that, but passively sharing a Bible verse in Facebook is not sharing the complete unadulterated gospel. A lot of people can take the word out of context, but it most, impo most importantly, we should talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. You know, the true, may, may nakita kong post na, nagasabi na, the true spe uh, preaching of the gospel is one-on-one -on -one expository preaching of your own testimony, of your own word with god's word parang you should bring your life as a living testimony of god a testament of his faithfulness not just you post all of these things all of these quotes quote unquote it's good it's not essential <laughs> so the last parable we see that is a parable of the sheep and the goats so it shows that there are people who are deceived that they think of the, themselves as christians but they don't regularly check themselves if they're in alignment to the word instead they align themselves to their own thoughts diba nakikita natin yung mga tao diyan meron silang pinagahalo na beliefs mga tarot cards mga like what i've said earlier enneagrams like uh, yoga although i'm not legalistic but we should check the foundations of what we do diba? if it's if it's really harmless if it's not really uh, inherently, if it's not blatantly satanic, and don't do it, it's good. But if we see that those things are out of the ordinary, out of God's word, are clearly, it's in your face na, why should you compromise it and push it off as nothing? So that's what the goats do. They think they're deceived, but God will separate them. But the most commonly misquoted verse of the Bible is, "I know my sheep and they know me." Parang I call them and they come to me. Parang paraphrasing. A lot of people take it as something very light, but it's about your salvation. It's most importantly those who know Christ. Those whom Christ has called to Himself, and that's a very, very broad topic. A lot of people have debated on it. I won't go to the details, but just read Romans 9. You can, you can find it there. <laughs> so going to my point, lang, what consumes you? To those who remain in the world, how much longer will you ignore God's word? Don't wait until He closes the door unto salvation. A multitude of people are walking their way straight to hell. The goats. 
They believe that they'll come back to normal. The, the tears. God came as a savior, a lowly servant who showed the way for the Christian. Now, he returns as a judge in full glory. Again, where will you be found? So that's our topic, the, the last podcast episode. Where are you found? And there, we, we, we tried to really explain the gospel, the, the ex, uh, exposition of God's word. And hopefully, we were able to say the truth of it. So here, what, what consumes us in our time, in the day? What, 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 con- what comprises about the rest of the time that we do? What, what, what do we use our energy on? Is it the things of the world? Do we aim to be liked? Do we aim to be rich? Do we aim to be wise in our own eyes? That's what Satan tried to do. Diba sinabi niya sa Garden of Eden na, hey, consume of this fruit and you will be wiser than God. So, uh, if people want to be more than what they ought to be, that is pride and that leads to the downfall to their downfall. So, diba, nakita natin yung mga characters such as Jezebel, pinatulak siya ni Jehu kasi she was full of pride in her heart. She thought that she was more than God. She put, pushed away the God of, the God, pushed away God. And same with Satan, about Lucifer. When he was in diba, heaven pa, he tried to start a rebellion. But in the end, the omnipotent God will never be threatened and God will never be, will never be defeated kasi Satan is a defeated foe. If we always think that Satan is, diba mga nakikita natin picture sa Facebook na nag-arm wrestling si Jesus at si Satan, mga verses na gano'n. It's not true. It's never true. God is eons away, millennials away. He's sovereign. If you see God's attributes, He's infinite, unlimited, immutable. All of these good things we know about God. But a lot of people kasi di magnify Satan. Parang sinasabi nila na, oh, Satan is like this, like that. Stop! talking about Satan and talk more about God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand that evil day. Your helmet of salvation is what you are founded upon. Kaya we should not focus on the darts of the enemy. We have our shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, our only offensive weapon. God's word. We should always be found in God's word. That's why when Jesus was tempted, he did not quote his own words even though he was God. He quoted God's word, which was very effective as you can see kaya nga sa sa buhay natin we have a lot of quotes nakita natin sa facebook we we stand by this quote unquote mantras or whatever although it's it's not it's not essential again that's why god's word is our ultimate source of authority and guidance so ayun nga god jesus came as a savior a lowly servant who showed the way tulad ng sinabi ni jv dati na ah, kanina na jesus came already as a savior and he will come as a judge we can't wait until he returns again because he will not be crucified again he is the king whom god gave his people as an inheritance for him and he will reign and rule over this earth kaya nga, we shouldn't compromise and take step away from god tulad ng sinabi ni nathan one day closer every day that passes is a day closer to god's coming jesus is coming but a lot of people say that every day closer is their days, diba? they're drifting apart. Every day they're drifting apart from God, which should not be. That's why we should really see where we are found. And it says here that do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. It's so easy for us Christians to judge all the false teachers and all the false doctrines in our lives. But how about ourselves? We have a lot of flaws. That's why we should focus on our own. It's good to really uh, commend, to really rebuke our, our brothers because it is out of love. But if that comprises most of our times that we do not look at our own lives and see what can be improved how we can be sanctified more what what we ought to cut off about our eyes our hands that that is not really the optimal christian that's not the true christian because we are 
to be humble. We are to be humble before God in His perfectness, in His holiness. Because we will never reach in His standards. If we think of ourselves better than others, Eddie, we've thought of God as unfair. But God made us all equal. It's only God who really brought us out in, from darkness into light and has sanctified us and is sanctifying us into perfection. And I and says here in Luke 18 verse 8, I tell you, he who give, will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So we see our society today, diba? All things so confusing, so this it brings you a heavy heart lang na. If you're a true Christian, you see a lot of things sa paligid mo in, in society. Diba? Woe to them who, call, who calls evil good and good evil. That's how our society is. They don't put a high standard on God's word. Di na nila pinapahalagahan yung mga salita ng Diyos. Kasi nga, they think that it's old or it's irrelevant. In fact, God's word is it's ever relevant in every situation, in every stage. I think I said this in the past podcast, but God's word is relevant no matter what age you are in. Whether you're in the time of Adam until this modern end time age, it's always relevant and it will always be relevant in our lives. The God's word remains. Everything in this earth will pass away. So, well, in, in closing with this point, my point lang is we should find ourselves under the word of God. Not under the culture, not under the opinions of other people. We can see all of these Christians about in our own circles that they claim to be Christians, but uh, all of their posts, you see their lives, and not to, not to condemn ourselves, because we should also think of ourselves. What do we post? What do we tend to consume in our social media feed? What do we see? We should, sinabi sa New Testament that uh, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is God. But lahat ng mga whatever that we said there, we should follow. And that comprises those things that are righteous. And it's very hard to be righteous in our own eyes. It's impossible. That's why we have to trust in God. We have to trust in the Holy Spirit to lead us. And we should heed to His correction. Because we can have the Holy Spirit, but we're quenching Him, quote-unquote. We're grieving Him by being stubborn. Kaya nga, it's important for us to really heed to God, to obey Him. Because obedience is better than our sacrifice. So, ayan. Okay, thanks, Jetty. So, to return to the point I was making earlier, I was making to speak earlier, I want to read this verse. This is from Luke 21, verse 36. But keep on the alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and stand before the Son of Man. Okay? So, what's happening in this verse? Well, firstly, um, this is Jesus speaking, and it's referring to here, He's talking to the disciples and referring to events that he mentioned that the verses earlier I was mentioning, earthquakes, famines. So I want to point something out here. But Jesus says, keep alert. And he asked them to pray to have strength, strength to go through everything, right? And I think this speaks to the point I want to make, which is that we have to be ready and that this is the fruit of our salvation, sanctification, that we are ever ready, that we are ever serving God. Going back to another podcast about the gospel, it's the fruit. It's the fruit of the gospel is sanctification or us becoming more holy, us becoming more like Christ, the holiest man ever. Right? And sometimes, illustration again earlier right when we know what's gonna happen already especially when we know what's gonna happen is good just like the biblical story we know 
it's going to end up with Christ winning and us being with Christ. It's a great story. With that, you can become complacent because you know na, oh, panalo na tayo. We all win na, right? But that doesn't mean we shouldn't do anything. In fact, the fact that it happens should motivate us. It should motivate us to even do more since we know yung pala in the end, panalo na tayo, right? And I'm going to read 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 14. Keep the commandments unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's another one of those commands na, to follow, but to follow what's in the Bible, the inspired word of God, and follow him until Jesus comes, you know, whether we meet him in the clouds na, or whether we meet him, we die and we meet him again. It doesn't matter either, either way, follow. And, Another verse I want to read is from 1 John 2, verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Right? Now, when this comes, you know, whether we're alive or dead, we're not going to be ashamed when we come in the family and just ask us to give an account of what we did right, in this life. Now, when we show up to him, we can say, We did this, we served you, how big or how small or how much time you were given. Let's not make the mistake of being complacent and timid, especially since we know what's going to happen. For this last verse, this is from Matthew 24, from verse 37 to 39. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. So I'm sure these of our viewers are familiar with the story. And here, this is Jesus speaking. He's making an illustration, an analogy, how in the time of Noah, the people there, they were marrying, they didn't know it was going to come, but it came. Came like a thunder, it boom, it just appeared, right? And Jesus Christians will echo over and over again. So we should be ready. We don't know it could happen now, it could happen later. What matters is what we do. We should be ready. And thank you very much, Nathan. Um, we have another point in this podcast. Whether we like it or not, time runs out. We must go running to and fro in fear of the end. I mean, we must not go running to and from the, the end because God's kingdom is uh, fully established, is rather the beginning of a great eternity in His presence. We must devote ourselves to meditating upon His word, which is the bedrock of truth, not being swayed by fear from the enemy and the world. Okay, um, can I deny pa natin, um, time is running out. Uh, like what um, Nathan said, um, Every day is a day closer to the coming of Christ. Um, we must not have fear in this, but to expect it, but to be excited for His great coming. And we must devote ourselves to meditating upon His word. It doesn't really matter kung bata ka or matanda ka. We must devote ourselves into the word, which is the bedrock of truth, and not to be swayed by anything. By fear from the enemy in the world, so there are some verses that is related to this point. First is Second Peter three, 
verses 3 to 4. Knowing this, first of all, the scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Knowing this, first of all, this is a priority. The Apostle Peter is making this as a priority. That um, scoffers will come in the last days. They would say, Nasa na siya? You know, Nasa na siya? Um, they would follow their own sinful desires. For example, the cults, you know, the, you know, the false religions. Nasa na siya? Nasa na Christ, you know, they would um, follow their own sinful desires. Ayun, they continue, magko-continue lang yan. This is related to Noah, di ba? That they're unaware. They're doing their things and suddenly the rating na lang si Christ. And uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5.3, while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. This is nothing new. Um, many people, they are safe kami. Ay, hindi, di ba? This refers to the false prophets in Israel before in the Old Testament. Di ba? They're speaking of goodness, di ba? Prosperity. But um, the prophets, the true prophets of God has been warning them. Pero they didn't listen, di ba? Um, maganda mangyayari. Um, he, God will deliver us. Pero sudden destruction has came upon them. Di ba? And they will not escape. They will not escape. And the last verse is Titus 2, verse 12. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. The context in the previous verse is that the grace of God has appeared to all men. So this refers to the grace of God appearing to all kinds of people. Every uh, Jews and Gentiles. Now, um, it trains us to renounce godliness and real passions, to be self-controlled, to be upright, and living godly lives. Now, this is often overlooked. It's your definition of a godly life. Some people, oh, I go to church every Sunday, you know. Um, I attend uh, Bible studies, that's good. Pero the definition is godly, of a godly life, to renounce all ungodliness, to live a holy life. That is the evidence, that is a mark of a true Christian. Diyan mo malalaman kung, kung totoo ba itong taong to. Ito yung parang watermark in a currency. Diyan mo malalas if the person is renouncing on godliness. Meron silang self-control. I know a lot of you today, they don't have self-control anymore. They don't control themselves. Kung yan ang uso, that's what we're going to do. Diba? Ito gagawin namin. You know, we're not going to call we're afraid of being rejected by our peers. You know, pag pinanood mo to, you're very cultured. Pero pag hindi mo to ginawa, hindi ka namin papansinin. So, uh, we are to avoid these passions, these worldly passions. We are to renounce them. We are to live godly lives in this present age. Well, um, we are living in a world, in a, a corrupt system. You know, um, at malaking influence of the Prince of the power of the air. So, yon, we must renounce ungodliness. So, to sum it all up, we must always be reminded that Christ will be coming again. There would be many scoffers. And a lot of people, they say, okay lang to, wala mangyayari. You know, 2,000 years na, nasan pa rin siya. You know, a lot of people are going to be like that. But, we are to renounce all ungodliness. To live 
with self-control and to have a godly life in this present age. That is a mark of a true Christian. Okay, that brings us to our last point. But before I move on, I just want to thank the listeners, if you're still listening right now. You know, thank you for not getting bored. Uh, yeah, just keep listening. And so before we end, we have a few more verses. And this is going to be about how we view the end times really determines how we live our lives. It's already the end time, so reach the gospel. You know, life, um, I'm sorry, lips without life is hypocrisy, and a life without lips is cruelty. As Christians, you must stand above the waves of the world, you know. Um, we really are set apart, so just deal with it. Um, it's easier said than done, but when looked at the scale of eternity, it'll be far more worth it than we can ever imagine. You know, Christ is our hope, and we wait for Him alone. So we have our first verse, which is 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 8, and it says that, And the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of His mouth, and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. So this is um, really the great principle of evil. It's already present in the world, right? And it's ultimately being unveiled in the man of sin. But it's not really like he's going to introduce a new type of wickedness. It's just an intensity of the prior wickedness in this world. And um, um, these aren't like open sin and wickedness, you know, but it's dissembled by the and there's little errors and really wickedness in the form of godliness. That's why it's so um, disturbing nowadays. It's very saddening because a lot of people, like the video mentioned at the start of the podcast, right, that men's hearts, they're really failing. Um, you know, I think Paul, when he was saying this, he really had Isaiah 11 or in his mind. And it says right in that verse that he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he shall slay the wicked. Yes, okay, so we have our second verse, which is Revelation 17, 14. They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them. For he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. Um, these ten kings, right, they shall um, oppose themselves to the gospel, taking part in the Antichrist. But it says, and the Lamb shall overcome with them. Um, Christ, he's really going to take over. And... Um, you know, the others, they will have converted, some will not be confounded, but really God, he's there for us. He's there for the elect, right? Because he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, and that they are with him, who are called, are chosen and faithful. He has a power above, over everything, right? And we just really continue to be, to recognize our role in this world as instruments of his purpose. So we really have to fit that role. Um, so when we say the Lord shall overcome them, this is partly through the constancy of the people who will really not love their lives to the death, but will freely lay them down so that nothing can separate us from Christ. Our last verse is Matthew 6, 33. I think um, a lot of us know this, right? But seek first the kingdom of God and all and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Okay, so first, but seek first the kingdom of God. That must be the ultimate rule of our life when ordering our priorities, right? It's wrong to think of that as another priority that we're supposed to fit into our list, but really, we should put it at the top. In everything we do, we seek first God's kingdom. Um, you know, Jesus, he doesn't tell us to stop worrying. Uh, it doesn't stop there. He tells us to replace our worry 
with a concern for his kingdom. Okay, and all these things shall be added to you. If you put God's kingdom first and don't think of your physical well-being, you know, don't put that at the at the um, first part of your list. You know, you set it aside and you put God over everything else. He promised us that we may enjoy all these things in eternity. He promises heavenly treasure, you know, rest in divine provision, and most importantly, a fulfillment of God's highest purpose for man, right? Fellowship with him and being part of his kingdom. You know, um, I want to leave everybody. This is the last thing. I want to leave everybody with this thought, you know, this choice that seek first the kingdom of God. It's a fundamental choice that everybody makes once you are converted, once you repent. But you know what? Every day after that, our Christian life, the things that we do, it will either reinforce that or deny it. Yes, and nice one, Sam. Nice one, JV. And nice one, Nathan. I hope you guys all had a very fruitful time again with the varies and thank you very much for attending the fourth session of truth of the matter stay tuned for more and we might have special guests up ahead we're still planning and mixing it up for you guys but today's been a very controversial session a very uh, very deep session but first and foremost ano, just one one last last verse <laughs> sinabi dito sa Matthew 16.25 forever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it so God reminds us daily to really seek Him put Him first desire Him and to lavish His love upon our lives diba? so guys thank you very much from us representing the whole United Youth Leaders we hope to see you next week bye bye